hey you. I want to share with you something that I genuinely think will transform your life and your business, to be honest. HDX is open from now until May 17 with a few special bonuses. Join before May 11 and get my eight-week Purpose and Abundance course completely free, which is $888 worth of value. And if you join before May 17, we're actually going to give you $999 off our upcoming Mexico retreat. I mean, how good a freaking deal is that? And if you join before May 17, then you'll be in time for two amazing bonus classes this month in HDX with my personal business consultant, Nikki Rowley. Now, this is the woman that has helped scale my business significantly in the last year or so, and I am sharing her with my HDX community. She'll be teaching on how to grow and scale for business and what strategies and structures will actually get you there. She will also host a bonus business Q&A, which means you can actually ask my consultant anything you want to ask her about growing and scaling your business. This is an opportunity that could transform your life and your business, so don't miss out. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share something really amazing with you. And it's actually one of our new Millions of Millionaires sponsors. So... To introduce this body graph chart software that we've been using that's been mind-blowing. So I want to welcome the amazing um, Taylor Dyson, who is my incredible operations manager. Welcome along, Taylor. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. This is actually um, something that we implemented when? Um, April. Yeah. And we were just trialing it out because they'd reached out to us um, in regards to sponsoring the podcast or something like that, wasn't it? And so it kind of wasn't mm-hmm. even on our radar and we tried it out and we had such low expectations. And then what happened? Well, I remember sending you a message going, Emma, why are we not using this? Because I was mind blown. You know, we get a lot of requests for stuff like that. And, you know, there's new softwares all the time. And I clicked on it, like you said, with very low expectations. And I started looking through what they can do. And I had, I got so excited. You know, the MG in me was like, oh my God, we have to use this. And I saw the potential of it and it has delivered more than expected. It's really awesome. Amazing. Now, before we get into the actual numbers, because I know um, numbers with Taylor is a thing in our business. She loves to share all the all the numbers. Let's just tell the listeners exactly who it's for and what it is. 
Yeah. So it's a great tool for anyone who uses human design in their business. So if you're a human design reader, a human design coach, or just someone who uses human design in your business, if you, you know, incorporate it into whatever you do, it's a way for you to embed an actual human design chart tool into your website. So, you know, if you want someone to get their human design chart, you probably send them to an outside platform somewhere, you know, oh, go to this website, put in your details and get your chart, whatever that platform might be. There's a couple big ones. And what's cool about this is that it allows you to put that tool on your own website and it's yours. So when someone comes and, you know, puts their information into your website, they get their chart and then you can hook up, hook it up to your email list, to your newsletter. You can have it linked to your own content. You can customize the reports afterwards that they get, you know, so it's your own descriptions of what, you know, this type is or this profile. So that's kind of what it is. Oh my God, I love it. And it's so cool because I actually remember when Jenna Zoe, because it must be the same software that Jenna Zoe used and before anyone else. Yeah, right. And I was always like, wow, her chart looks so beautiful and it's on her website. That's so cool. So yeah, when we started using it, I was like, this is beautiful. I'm really excited that we can do it. But let's talk hard numbers. Like we have had some serious success with this, um, just adding this to our business. So tell everyone a little bit about the growth that we've experienced through using this. Yeah. So since implementing it into our website in April, there have been over 4,000 people that have downloaded their chart through the website. And that's unique. That's not, um, you know, someone who does it twice because a lot of people will go back because they won't download the PDF or something, or they lost it or misplaced it. That's unique. Um, chart downloads. So it's even more for double for people doing it twice. Um, and it's been really amazing. It's more than tripled the size of the email list. And, you know, you can set up you know, sequences afterwards for people to, um, you know, give them more information and keep everything in-house. Yeah. And because one of the really big things for us is obviously human design made simple. So it gives us the opportunity to um, give our way of teaching human design directly to the people who want it. And I love that. I love that every single person that wants to get their chart, that downloads it, we can then support them on their journey straight away, which is of course what you set up because you're amazing to make sure that not only do they get their chart, but they also get this support, free content support that helps them as they're you know, new to human design and on their journey. So beautiful. So how do people access this? What's it, what's it called? And I know that there's a benefit for listeners of the podcast. Yes. So you can go to the link in the show notes, or you can go to bodygraphchart.com. And they have been kind enough to give the listeners of the human design podcast, a 50% off discount for 12 months, which is huge because it's already inexpensive to begin with. Um, and then the 50% discount is going to put it at $25 a month. That's in us dollars. So wherever you are in the world, it'll be, you know, a little bit different, but, um, 50% off for 12 months. And the code is human design podcast. And we'll put that in the show notes too, for everyone. And one of the other things I want to say, that's really cool about this chart tool is that, it's 100% customizable and it actually gives Chiron and the four arrows, which is what a lot of chart tools don't do that. So that's one thing that a lot of people are drawn to when they go to get our chart from our website is, oh, I can get the arrows because of it or my Chiron gates. I love that. It's so cool. So 
check out the show notes, people get on it because really it is such a powerful and as Taylor says, inexpensive tool, like it paid for itself in the first two days. I seem to remember or first day I seem to remember. So it's so valuable. Um, and it gives you the opportunity to really build your brand and your communication with your clients. So thank you. Go check it out. Hey, hey everyone. And welcome to today's episode. It is transits time again. I feel like we actually should have a little tune. I know we had a tune back there in the history books um, for the, <laughs> what was it? For the celestial spotlight. But I celestial feel like spotlight. Need, I love it. Um, <laughs> we almost need one for the transits. So anyway, welcome, Jen. It's so lovely to have you here. It's lovely to be back. Although, as we were saying before we hit record, it seems like about seven minutes since we recorded the last one. Oh my God. I, I assume we're going to get into this. What the yeah. is with August? Like poof, it has just disappeared in seconds. Mm. But before we talk about August, I want to let you guys know for our beautiful devoted listeners to the transits, I'm going to let you know something really, really awesome and special. And it's just for you guys. As many of you listening might know, every year I run a mastermind. Some years I run two. This year I'm only running one. And well, the truth is we ran a masterclass to launch the mastermind, but we launched it a few days early in HDX and filled it. So we didn't do that in the end. Um, I really feel like Taylor and I have had such a good laugh about this because ultimately we have done everything in alignment with our design. And this is how easy it gets to be when you just keep turning up and you stay in your experiment and you believe in yourself and you practice strategy and authority. This is how easy it gets to be. And this year, I didn't even get to tell you guys before we're nearly full. This year, Jen's running one of the classes. Boop, boop. So we have me running one class and Jenny running the other one. So my, my class, my group is actually full, but we have two places left. In fact, technically Jen's is full too, but we're going to take two more people because we're only running one this year. And um, we're going to put the link in the show notes in this episode. So if you want to get on it, you want to get on it fast because we've still got um, another email to send to our HDX community who are the people who actually filled it up because if you're in HDX, it means you get access to everything first. Um, so we already have people in there that I know are going to take it. So if you really want to jump on the mastermind, which is our certification program, you're going to hang out with Jenny um, and a small group of people for three months you're going to get a certification at the end of it. You're going to get really deep into your own design. And then you're going to also be able to use what you've learned to help other people, whether they're friends and family or clients um, with human design as well. And it really is the pinnacle of the programs that we run. And there's this beautiful thing that happens every time we run the mastermind. That is the community that is created is the people or they will become people that potentially will be lifelong friends. They will be your human design buddies. Um, I have seen these groups of people stay together for years and years and years and support each other, uh, not only through their spiritual journey or their personal development journey, but in life. So it's not to be missed out on. The link will be in the show notes. It's exciting this year, this year hey, Jen? So exciting. That yeah. You're running one. I mean, it's interesting you know, thinking about um, how I, I was talking with my one of my human design study groups last night about precognition and how we sometimes get these pre-awarenesses. And, you know, when I now in this position sitting with you and I'm, you know, co-teaching one of your 
sessions for your mastermind and just looking back about on the journey that I've been on with you and how I didn't understand you know why I needed to get on the first mastermind in 2020 and why there was this pull between you and I and and then over the years it's kind of shown me why you know that there was some kind of fractal resonant thread that we needed to play out and to support each other and to be in this kind of opposite ends of the world yin yang kind of position that we're in um and 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 just that I've had this feeling in me um almost from the end of the first mastermind that I remember thinking I would love to be the one holding space for this group and and then I just leave it at that you know and I'm a projector so I just sit around and wait for invitations and then two and a bit years later here hit the invitation comes and I'm still you know happy and grateful but also a bit like oh there it is that's how long it takes (laughs) I love it I love it. And you know what? We were talking about this today on an HDX call. We had Event Mayer teaching um, human design uh, marketing with human design. It's freaking epic, epic. And um, she said something similar. She was like, you know what? I manifested this because I just mm-hmm. knew. I just knew I was going to, I just wanted to be invited into HDX to be able to teach to all of Emma's crew. And sure enough, there she was teaching what I think is some of the best marketing with human design, um, mm. uh, you know, like strategy and systems that I've seen. It's really Yeah, and, and Yvette was in my group, that, that first mastermind as well, I remember. She was too. Yeah. So good. Here so, we yeah, are, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Shall we talk transits? Yeah. Shall we talk August? I know we've got mm. um, a bit of a time limit and we've been nattering before we hit record. <laughs> so let's dive in, beautiful. Yeah, I mean... The, hang on a minute, I've picked up the wrong notes. The thing I feel about uh, August was it just, like time took on some kind of other quality than the one it usually has. <laughs> it was like, it felt slippery, sideways, non-linear, cyclical, but like, I don't know, it just felt like it was all over the place. Like you were saying about how are we here again, it feels like seconds. And, and like the way that the mastermind went, I also, you know, I, I launched a retreat that sold out in 48 hours. I mean, if you're not on my mailing list, get on my mailing list because it didn't even make it to Instagram. It didn't, like, I didn't, you know, it just, there was some vortex of time happening in, in August. Everything seemed to be on unbelievable fast forward. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely. I, I, I wonder about the effects of the moons. I don't usually consider the moons much because it's not really, you know, I'm more just in the mechanics of the of the mandala. But, you know, there was a super moon at the beginning of August on the 1st. There was a micro moon and the new moon was a micro moon in, on the 16th. And then we've got another full super moon, blue moon uh, on the 31st of August. So I, I wonder if there was just, you know, the moon is at its extremes in its orbit, which is causing the new super, new micro and the full super moons. And I wonder if there was something about that pull of, you know, feeling extra a little bit extra mm-hmm. that was my, basically the only thing I could think that might be causing it because there's you know there's plenty of planets in retrograde which usually slows things down a bit there was yeah and we've had the the lion's gate as well so I kind of felt like that energy just freaking rushed in mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. whoa yeah I felt it as well actually I was recording a podcast with Jess Bubacore on the 8th of the 8th uh, and yeah it felt 
exp- really expanded, expansive. Mm. I don't know. It's like it's almost like I get to the point now where I almost don't really have words to describe the way that the frequency feels or the the energetic landscape feels. It's like I can feel it and I can kind of embody it, but the words just fail me a bit. Mm. I just had that experience, that exact experience. I was like, oh, my God, I get it. I see this pattern. It's happening here and here and here. And then I turned my music off as I'm driving and I tried to articulate it. And I was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, fascinatingly, slight aside, but fascinatingly, you know, that's kind of where – the you know the prophecy of 2027 and Ra's teachings on the mutation of the solar plexus and all that that's kind of where it's pointing it's saying you know we're we're going to evolve out of using language to communicate mm. we're going to communicate language will yeah. change huh yeah it's it, the, the the way that we understand things and the way we communicate those things to each other will probably end up more like a transmission than uh, a, a mental understanding and already you know Richard Rudd with the gene keys has always said this is not a, a knowledge teaching this is a transmission mm. and so increasingly I'm experiencing that I understand something in a way that I couldn't really put into words and I could only really kind of you know give a nod and a wink to someone else who was experiencing the same thing and we wouldn't really need to say anything it'd be like are you feeling what yeah okay we're both yeah we get it yeah yeah totally resonate I get that yeah. Um, so, I mean, what to say about August apart from it was weird uh, in terms of its timing. Um, we uh, we've, we're at the right right at the end point of the the three sixty channel, the channel of mutation, which has been on defined by Pluto in the North Node since early July, late June, a while. So, if I get a short, I'm a non-sacral, right, and I'm no motors defined. So, it's like if I get a short period of sacral definition, it messes with me. Really, like, I don't know. It's like it gives me less energy than more. It, it does some weird clearing out kind of thing to my sacral. But this has been on. For, I've had a sacral definition for two months and root definition, and it's almost like it really came into its own in August. It's like I actually could behave. <laughs> a bit more like a generator, like a root-fueled generator who was in the process of mutation and change. And I'm just, I mean, on a, just on a really mundane, practical level, I've been involved in this massive project at the end of the garden and I've been getting up every day with the, with the energy, with the root fuel, with the sacral energy to work hard in the garden all day, every day for like three weeks solid. So actually for me, this 360 has given me some experience of what it might actually be like to be a generator you know get up work hard fall asleep satisfied and it doesn't feel like I've been over pushing it for the most part occasionally because it's not native sacral definition I can't really tell when enough is enough but um yeah I've actually kind of been riding on it quite quite in a quite a nice healthy kind of feeling way amazing it's fascinating isn't it you know like we 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 tell you guys and manifestors and reflectors all of these things, but yet for you to say that you've had sacral energy definition for two months, like that's epic, you know, like mm-hmm. it means that you have been, I don't know, you've just had so much access to to get shit done if you like. So, so fascinating. Yeah. It doesn't bother me at all when I don't have sacral definition because, you know, I don't care if I get anything done or not, but (laughs) it's just been interesting. It's just, I honestly don't. I couldn't care less. Productivity is not my jam. But 
it's been interesting to be in a body that has just had this natural pulse of energy that has been, yeah, being used in that way. So I, I, I mean, love, it's. I love that it's also been used in a way to support you in everything that that you love, you know, like I think that's what's really beautiful as well because when we're always talking about human design, we have to be so careful that we don't get stuck in the knowledge and the dogma um, to say that, you know, you've had two months of energy so you can do a bit more of what you love to do. But it doesn't mean that you have to turn into a workaholic or, you know, addicted to productivity, which I love. I think that's really beautiful. But what I've actually created, I've created this beautiful outdoor sitting room, which is actually what I want more than anything in the world because... (laughs) I can't stand houses, you know, I find, I get very claustrophobic, I feel, and there's usually Wi-Fi in there, and ugh, but I've now got this really beautiful outdoor sitting room that I can enjoy, I'll, like, yeah, it's Northern England, yeah, I'll have to wear a big blanket, but I don't care, because I'll be sitting outside with the birds and the squirrels and just enjoying nature, so it was very productive for me, and it it felt really good. Um, Of course, though, I think, you know, there's, there's still this the 360 changes stuff big time. So, you know, my big change has been a very physical landscape change. But for, you know, many people, this is big life change stuff. And Mm. it's unavoidable, you know, as you know, it just comes along and it changes what needs to be mutates. It changes, like it takes away or it brings in whatever it is that's required. And Mm. so it's big, it's big stuff. Mm. I feel that. Often. Yeah, big themes. Um, yeah, we've we've had you know a, a very close family member been hospitalised for a lot of it. Had brain surgery, had you know heart surgery, like really big stuff. So I also just want to acknowledge that the my observation of the, this channel is that it all of a sudden will it can you wake up one day and everything's not quite as it was yesterday. So for anyone that's listening, that's experiencing that, then. Yeah, just to send our love and our hearts to you. And also to say, uh, it's shifting on the 26th of August. So we're out of it. It's definitely been a time where people have been faced with pretty epic challenges. I was just talking to someone. I just uh, was out riding um, legs, my horse, uh, for my lunch break. Legsy. And um, I was talking to one of the girls there with her that works there um, and she'd just been bombarded like family stuff horse stuff all sorts of stuff and it's like wow it's just and one of the big things it was interesting because like her transformation um and you know being the 360 she like the thing she just kept saying is like yeah I just lost my voice I lost my voice and I'm like yeah it's that individual like standing up for Mm -hmm. that was the transformation that she was going through but yeah I've, I've heard so I've heard stories of so much challenge Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Um, other things I noticed, we've had, you know, we've chatted about gate two a lot. And we I will continue to chat about gate two because Jupiter has been in there for a number of weeks, if not a month. And it's just about to go retrograde in it, which I'll talk about in a minute. But so again, you know, the, the, the rising, the rising feminine, the receptive, the, you know, the abundance of yin and, you know, Barbie mania. <laughs> Oh my god, August. Barbie Mania. Um, you know, have the you Women's World it? Cup. I have seen Barbie. Did you like it? I, oh, I mean, performance of a lifetime from Ryan Gosling. I didn't know I needed that Ken performance in my life. <laughs> Every time he came on the screen, I burst out laughing. I've, I don't think I've laughed that much in a film for a very long time. I just oh. thought it was hysterical. Like, I, clever, 
witty, edgy, subversive, but also just lol. Oh, my God. I, I don't know what I thought about it because I kept falling asleep. <laughs> like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> but then, you know, I was pretty tired, but still, I feel like I need to go see it again. And, no, yeah, the I, World Cup. How it. the Women's World Cup's been epic. Yes. Epic. Bummer. Not only did bummer, we not win, us. you no. didn't win. But do you know what, Emma? Still been Sport won. A hundred percent. Like it's absolutely changed. I mean, in Australia, like the way that oh, like seemingly overnight people's attitude mm-hmm. to women's sport has completely mm-hmm. my youngest son was like Oscar has been all over it. Like he would mm-hmm. never have watched women's sport, but he knows every single one of them. We've watched the Netflix, is it Netflix series or is it ABC? Anyway, there's this great series on um, the Matildas here mm-hmm. um, on in Australia. Um, obsessed, had to watch every yep. game. Yep. It's been amazing. I'm so, yes. so impressed. Like I'm so excited. It's changed the face of the planet. It has. It absolutely has. I mean, we had it two years ago because the Lionesses won the Euros. And so what you're describing with Oscar happened here two years ago with men, boys, everybody getting behind this incredible team of female athletes and you know it's just one what made me kind of laugh was I was in I was at my friend's house so in the household there's her and her husband the the young male puppy dog and the young daughter who's two and a half who watched the football me my friend her daughter who didn't watch the football the man and the dog mainly because the puppy was driving us crazy but just it just felt like this incredible weird role reversal where the women are spending all Sunday watching the sport and mm-hmm. like if you watch Barbie and you see the the flip of you know the role reversal between Ken and Barbie in that paradigm, it's just it's a really interesting time. Yeah. To it to really watch is. to watch these paradigms like flip on their head, and I'm not yeah. like making a judgment call on them. I'm just I'm really enjoying seeing this, yeah this this rise of equality. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's exciting. It is. So there's that. Um, and then I had a little, I didn't want to not mention Oppenheimer because when I thought about the, the planets and Oppenheimer and what is being represented there, I mean, talk about a th- 63 channel of mutation, how one individual can mutate the whole world. Yeah. I mean, that's Oppenheimer right there. That's exactly yeah. what he did. So, yeah. yeah. I uh, haven't seen it, um, but I, every time I think about you know, one of these, when I was, you know, in my, I'm going to say early 20s, but it could have been younger as well. Like I just had this bucket full of facts. So whenever I was meeting new people, it was always like, did you know? Did you know? (laughs) And one of them was that, you know, the first person to discover that we know of um, splitting the atom was a woman. And as soon as she realized the damage it could do, she was like, shit, let's burn all this stuff. Um, Mm. So I think that, you know, even that in itself is so fascinating and I feel like we've come so far in actually seemingly a really short period of time and hopefully we're going to make better decisions in the future (laughs) maybe we will maybe we won't who knows I mean that is basically the theme of Oppenheimer it's like okay well this could destroy the entire world and it's a less than one percent chance but they just couldn't stop themselves they could not they were like well we just have to see if we just want we just can't we just want to see what happens (laughs) and I agree with you like I don't know if women would make the same decision you know Mm. Don't know. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, different times, you know, but it was, it was, I thought a really interesting kind of thought piece that came out of that film 
and my brain was working in a different way. Like it was really, yeah, it oh, really God. mutated me. Oh, God, now I have me. to go and see it. Sorry. <laughs> right. I saw um, Mission Impossible last week, so it's probably not as, um, <laughs> probably not as, as you know, cult- exactly, or culturally relevant or, you know, potential learning. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I tell you um, what, it gave me proper anxiety far out. I tell you what, they're good at, at getting <laughs> at getting the um, the stress happening. Anyway, playing the old open root stuff. strings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, end of cinema reviews with Emma and Jenny. <laughs> um, other th- couple of other quick things on July before we no August before see <laughs> August before we move on to September. Um, the channel of abstraction, the sixty four forty seven, the abstract circuitry from the head to the Ajna center that was defined for a week and a bit um and I posted it on uh on Instagram at the time in my stories because I have an undefined head and an open Ajna similarly Emma has you have open head and undefined Ajna Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of flexibility in the way that we think normally but for (laughs) while this channel was on I could not string a logical thought process together at all and I was trying to work and my usual way of working I didn't realize how much flexibility in the mind I have. But when my mind was fixed in this abstraction, I was like, wow, I have no access to the logical part of my brain. I can't make it work. And it just, it was fascinating to, for me because I usually can't notice head, head and ajna transits. I've, you know, for the 6124, I've tried to spot so many times over the last couple of years because it's been on and off quite a bit. And I can never really spot it, but this one was so obvious to me. Um, and then I, I posted it and had some feedback in my DMs on Instagram about people saying from their perspective about um, how much abstract rumination and sifting through their history was going on mm. because, you know, this channel just goes, it yeah. tries to resolve the confusion of the past. Like, why does this happen? Why did this go on? And why did they treat me like this? And you know, I had feedback from people saying, yes, I'm, ex- I'm going back over things. I'm prosecuting people for the things they've done in the past. I feel stuck. I feel resentful. There's like all this stuff going on um, and, and waiting for the breakthrough, you know, waiting for that moment of clarity that comes. Yeah, I think that's fascinating because I think that one of the things for me is, you know, I noticed that there was a very significant, and I'm going to say potentially intergenerational pattern that, mm-hmm. that you know, broke if you like, um, yeah. in my world. So although it's, you know, different, I can see the the external clues. I can see the results of it. It's definitely mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not, like, no, nah, not, I'm not getting on that roundabout again. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final, final thought before we move on. I had another thought on AI because, you know, it's still mm-hmm. ruminating around in my brain. But I was thinking, I was doing a, a presentation for my study group about the evolution of awareness as you know, from the spleen to the ajna to the solar plexus. And I was thinking about how, I mean, it took 100,000 years or whatever, but this evolution from our uh, spidey senses, our instincts, our intuition, our attunement to the natural world, how that kept us alive with splenic awareness. And then how, as we moved into ajna awareness and developed more complex language and more complex ways of communicating with each other, we became collaborative. We were able to communicate and build and make all these incredible structures and how we basically have got to the point now at the pinnacle of the Ajna era where we've outsourced our need for you know we've got houses that lock and security cameras and all of this stuff that keeps us physically safe we've got hospitals we've got doctors we've got all of this stuff we've 
ajnered our way out yeah. of needing to be really alert from a splenic perspective. And then I was thinking, well, okay, well, how would we get to the point where we could live in this solar plexus awareness? And it, well, we'd have to outsource the thinking as well. And so I was like, well, maybe that's all AI is. It's just if we get the computers to think for us, then our we have a, a potential to evolve into you know the, whatever the coming iteration is. So that was my mm. kind of other thought on wh- why AI. And I love that. From, yeah, big picture, yeah. long long timeline. It, that might be it. We, this might be what we're seeing the beginning of. And I think that the other thing that's just important to point out is that we're starting to realize, you know, in the world that we're in, we're starting to realize that there is, you know, greater truth in the, the in the felt senses as opposed mm-hmm. to the thought processes, you know, like mm-hmm. that's basically what we're here doing. So I also feel like, um, you know, that that tracks with your theory because we're going to have to move through the world in a different way. And as we know, it's going to be this this feeling, you know, it's the feeling, mm-hmm. the, the subtle energy um, and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we won't be alive probably to see it play out, but... Um... Let's leave this here. Three (laughs) thousand. Maybe not. Good on you, mate. Good on you. I'd love to. I'd love to just witness it all. I'd love to just be along for the ride. But it always makes me think of Doctor Who. One of the episodes of Doctor Who, he was like, "I think I'm done. I'm tired. I've been around for a long time." Yeah. 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 Um, All right. So. I will talk about the nodal shift at the end of the podcast because it's 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 a big deal. Um, but I want to just quickly start looking at September from the Sun Earth perspective. Um, I I know I don't usually do that. I usually let people go back and listen to last September's um, podcast. But for some reason, for whatever reason, I'm going to talk about it this month. So as we enter September, we're going to start the month in channel 4037 the sun earth creating the channel of community we're at the opposite side of the wheel from evan's birthday um so we always get this week of the 4037 um on and i'd just quite like to have a little discussion with 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 you about it um just because um it's my brother's wave and it crashed last week and wow it of, of all of the energies in the body graph and of course it's because i've got previous you know I've got a lifetime of or at least the first 18 years of my life of this channel going off and I I just was reflecting again on how hard it is physically for me to be in the same space as him when that energy goes off and how you know every cell in my body wants to run in the other direction and yet I know that it's tribal and he needs to feel like he's not being abandoned and otherwise he's going to feel guilty and it's just it's such a challenging dynamic for, for a non-emotional to be around a crashing 4037. And then I was chatting with a client and her six-year-old son has this channel and we she'd never looked at his chart before. We were looking at it together for the first time and I was describing my experience of growing up with my brother and she was like, oh my God, that is it. Like, he's my son. I love him. I want to support him. But when when it goes off, I don't know how to be in the same room as him. I don't know what to do. And so I just wondered, you know, you've you've obviously experienced this from being the one with that channel and I'm just interested about how you how you manage it internally because it part of my observation is it it I'm not going to say he because I feel like it's it the channel bl- looks for blame immediately it's 
feels like hell in there and immediate response is whose fault is this what caused this why do I feel like this you know and this inability to handle what's happening internally yeah well you know what honestly I because I now come from a place where there are no epic highs and there are no crashes you know even Mm -hmm. when I'm faced with really you know challenging things in my life I'm not experiencing that um did you did it did you used to experience that uh yes so the way it would play out as a kid because I was taught you know through modeling my parents behavior that I couldn't show emotion um so I would keep it on the down low shut down I I don't resonate with the blaming piece you know other than blaming myself I always blamed myself it was never anyone else it was always my fault um and the way it would play out for me is that as long like I would just keep it shut down, keep it shut down, keep it shut down until I just couldn't. And and that would end in an explosion. Um, but again, it was never at anybody. It was just I couldn't um, contain it any longer. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into my 20s, that's when I started to experiment. I started to feel my emotions. I started to let those puppies out. And that was probably the time that is more resonant to what you're talking about with your brother, where um, I rode that roller coaster, and it was, and I can remember saying things that I didn't mean. I can remember, you know, feeling so, so deeply uncomfortable inside my own body, mm-hmm. um, and just feeling so incredibly emotional. And at the same time, an hour later or the next day, being almost completely bewildered about how much I didn't give a shit about the thing that I just lost my shit about. Like I, that was very confusing to me. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest part, and it's what I teach all the time, it comes down to taking full responsibility for my emotions and my emotional wave. So I know that my, my kids don't feel the discomfort of my emotional wave because I've learned to work with it. So what Mm -hmm. does that mean? It means that when I'm in an emotional low, I identify I'm in an emotional low and I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. When I'm in an emotional high, one thing I've noticed recently that I think is just crazy amazing is, you know, the more aligned that we get, the less um, dramatic our, our wave is. And one of the mm-hmm. principles I can remember my one of my mentors teaching me um, when I was training she was like, we have to learn not to be too excited or too depressed. We have th- those extremes. And that was something that at the time I'm like, that's not even possible. I don't even get how that would be possible. So now I live that. And, mm-hmm. you know, something epically exciting happened um, not long ago and I was with Taylor and Taylor was like, how are you not more excited? I'm like, mm-hmm. I am excited. Um, I, I am. But so I think the what the challenge for someone like you is that your brother isn't taking responsibility for his emotions. He's not letting his emotions, you know, feel the small emotions. He's waiting until he can't control it anymore. And then it Mm. explodes and then you, you feel it. So you can still ride that wave. You can have the 40, 37, but it doesn't have to be that explosion. I know for Mm. me, it definitely doesn't. And I've faced some pretty challenging shit recently and I haven't lost my shit in any way. Yeah. Um, I felt so much more, you know, my, my emotions are leading me or giving me insight or whatever, but they're not out of control. But the 4037 can feel like you're out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and what you're saying about you blaming yourself, I know that deep down he's blaming himself, but because he can't bear the thought that he's to blame, he immediately 
looks for uh, someone else to blame. And it's, it's not even conscious. It's a split second. It's ha- I can I watch it flip. Yeah. I watch him ha- that this potential. Oh, I've just effed up. And he's also three five man gen triple split. You know, he's got all this stuff. But I, I watch him flip from a microsecond of that was my fault. I'm not I'm not taking it as my fault. I'm blaming someone else. You know. But I think that comes down to my number one principle in life, and that's responsibility. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter yeah. whether it's human design or what it is. It's like that's what it is that yep. that we have to take responsibility we have the results in our life because mm-hmm. of where we choose to be and um the decisions we make and what we focus on and you know whether we push our stuff down to be here that would needs healing or healing it so i think that's probably the biggest challenge and i think that's what makes the 4037 so hard in adults because they're not taking mm-hmm. responsibility for what yeah. they feel on the inside because they weren't taught as kids and i think no. that's one of the things of if you have a 3047 3740 um, child, one of the best things mm-hmm. you can do is let them feel their emotions and let them know mm-hmm. that it's an emotional wave and nothing needs fixing or changing or and teaching them that when you're tired it might feel worse or when you eat something it might feel worse, like get them to experiment. And then when yeah. they're not afraid of it, they don't resist it, they don't shove it down, they don't indulge it, it's, yeah. not, as, it's not as intense. That's great. Thank you for that because I'm just – Heads up, everyone. <laughs> 29th of August to the 3rd of September, we all have that channel on. So these themes might be coming up for some of us who are not usually emotionally defined. We might be like, what the hell is this? Well, let's all just this... come together in community and love each other and build equality and do all of those beautiful parts of the 4037. More hugs, more equality, yeah. more, more fairness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the next theme that that continues really you know i was just talking about the 6447 channel of abstraction the journey of the sun you know once it's come out of that channel goes on into 64 and then into 47 because they sit next to each other in the wheel mercury will still be retrograde in 64 and 47 um and mars has been in those two gates as well in since july so since the 29th of july all the way through to the end of september there is at least one transit in one of those two gates so this abstract mental process and this process of going over the past and making new sense out of it is is a big theme all the way through to the end of September. Wow. Um, you know, who did what to who? How has that affected or changed a life? Basically, this review of the past that's trying to get the pieces together in a way that makes more sense so that we can have some kind of clarity or breakthrough. You know, Um, what is fascinating about that is we just had, um, again, in HDX, one of our members, Adrienne, who's an astrologer and human design uh, practitioner, she does our new moon and full moon um, classes. She just, mm -hmm. not even a class, just some insights within HDX. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how we're ending this big cycle. We're ending an eight-year cycle. And she said Mm -hmm. the peak is in September. Um, so I think that's fascinating, you know, like it's just in alignment, like whatever we started in 2018, uh, 2015, mm-hmm. sorry, um, it's coming to an end. So it's a lot of that. It makes me think of this, the, the 360 and also this, what you're talking about going over the past and being like, okay, I gotta let, let go of that stuff. I gotta change that stuff so that I've got mm-hmm. almost like a clean yeah. slate for this next cycle. Well, spoiler alert. That's where the, guess where the North Node's going? Gate 42. <laughs> <laughs> which I'll come to but yeah so that I mean talk about closure right endings mm. of cycles that that's the gate right there yeah um 
and also during this period of time as Venus is coming out of its retrograde which was from the 28th of August to the 11th of September it's going to be in gate 33 which again is the final part of the abstract circuit it's the voice of saying do you know what I remember I remember this I remember what this is all about I've taken time out and I've had a good chance to reflect and yeah so there's a lot of activity in this abstract cyclical closing off kind of process at the moment Mm -hmm. so during this the early part of the month certainly the people in our lives are probably going to need more space to talk about their history so that they can get more clarity on on what happened for them because we can't always do this internally we sometimes need you know sounding board bounce this off yeah um, we get too close to the project we can't see the project yes. ourselves and we can't see the wood for the trees so yeah good yeah time. because you know mental definition is you know we're looking at outer authority here. We're looking at a process of I need to share what's in my head so that I can get some kind of, um, yeah, perspective or other viewpoint on it rather than just, you know, hamster wheeling it in my own head that actually just goes around the same loop over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was mentioning Venus in the 33 because that is the voice, that, that's the voice gate. That's the, what, the bit that gets it out into the world. And then... So that's the early part of September. Mid-September onward, from the 16th to the 20th, we have the final emotional pairing of, you know, we we have this solar plexus process at the very beginning of uh, the first quarter. And then right on the other side of it, we have the sun in gate six and the earth in gate 36 uh, from the 16th to the 20th. So the last of the emotional gates in the kind of human design year. Um, We also have... um, just as we're recording the sun in gate 59, which is the harmonic gate to gate six, uh, just after we're recording, we're recording on the 22nd, uh, and the sun goes into 59 on the 24th. And so I just mentioned last time that the reason this quarter that we're in, this quarter of duality, this quarter of bonding, this purposeful, filled through relationship, and all of our focus being on that, like who are we in relationship to and how is that going? Who are we intimate with? Who are we intimate with? that's getting, you know, more focus. We get this, you know, we have this very kind of personal and collective emotional process earlier in the year, but then we get here and it's 59 and then it's six and then it's intimate relationships and close people. So, you know, new ways of relating, new boundaries, new truths that need to be spoken. Um, my mum has the channel 59.6 in her, it's her emotional wave. And she has always been the one in the family that will speak the thing you know she she's like problems niggles long-standing resentments all these little bits and pieces she's the one that will eventually bring them to be head and like right guys we need to talk about this now mm. um because certainly me and my dad will brush it under the carpet forever if we can if we can get away with it so yeah there's just there's a there's a theme sort of in the mid middle of september where we start to um yeah get into this relating what is this quarter about and and why is it about that and it's more it's much more so in the first part of the quarter than it is second part when we get into november's uh, sorry uh, october november we're looking much more at the splenic process mm. and then from there we're going to get the next g center gate so if you're looking at the wheel of the year you'll always see that everything comes in these little six week chunks and there's always a g center gate at the beginning of each six week chunk and so we get to the equinox in September, of course, we have gates 46 and 25, 46 gate of determination or pushing upward, love of the body and gate 25, the gate of the spirit of the self, innocence, 
love, love for all things, universal love. So then they will set the tone for the following six weeks. So as we start to get into the latter part of September and we get these G-center gates over the equinox, um, we get a new theme, if you like. The first part of the quarter of three is the last six weeks are all about gates seven and 13, right? The roles we take on in the collective, leadership grounded by listenership, that's been the theme of where we're at now. As we go into the, ne the next six weeks, we're looking more at these uh, more heart-centered, cross of the vessel of love, um, spirit of the self kind of love gates. So it's a different theme for the, for the latter part. And, and I just wanted to mention, you know, Venus is still retrograde. As at time of recording, she comes out of retrograde on the 3rd of September. And um, the theme of leading the collective has been a big part of the Venus retrograde. It was retrograde in Gate 7 from the 16th to the 27th of August. It's stationing direct in Gate 33 on the 3rd of September. And then it will go back into Gate 7 in forward motion from the 12th to the 23rd of September. So again, Venus is bringing a lot of uh, focus on our highest values in leadership. What is it that we actually value in a leader? What values are we actually leading ourselves by? So there's been a huge amount of focus on that as well at the moment. You know, I've been slightly uncharacteristically listening to a lot of um, interview podcast interviews with members of the Republican Party for, for no apparent reason. But just um, I, I think I'm just drawn to listening to the values that leadership potential leadership is spouting most of which are slightly wacko um but but just uh, this kind of assessment it's a this is a period of time where we're reassessing and reconfirming what values do we actually want to lead by what is actually inspiring to us um and i'm not suggesting that we all want to step into leadership roles because not all of us are designed for it but we can all make that assessment about what values we have and we want our leaders to share so i think that's what venus has been up to for the past few weeks and continues into September. I love it. I definitely feel like there's themes themes there. I think even I know nothing, well, I am not involved at all or paying much attention at all to, um, you know, politics in the US. But one thing I have noticed is there is more diversity. You know, there's mm -hmm. more, um, there's definitely new ways of leading being um, examined. So, yeah. Well, we've got Uranus in Gate 23. <laughs> so, you know, the uniqueness of uh, the individual voice that is not the collective voice and it is not tribal support, you know, it is just this totally out there genius to freak voice that, you know, some people will perceive as genius and some people will be like, what is this dude talking about? So I think for me, you know, all of that rise of the extreme voice is Uranus in 23. I think that's a, yeah, right. a large part of it. Um. Yeah, so in terms of retrogrades, Venus finishes her retrograde on the 3rd of September. Mercury, are we even in yet? I think we might be. What date is it? No, it's 24. So Mercury goes retrograde on the 24th and comes out on the 15th of September. And like I said, it's gates 64, 47, and a little dabble into gate 40, the gate of aloneness. Um, so by the end of September, Mercury will have stationed direct and cleared its retrograde shadow. But this, this theme of these three gates, aloneness, abstraction, and formalizing this, realizing, figuring out all of that is a huge part of Mercury's retrograde. Mm -hmm. So that's the plan. 
got my Mexico retreat in there in the middle of September. What dates? Uh, it's the 13th or 14th to the 20th. No, 19th. Yeah. That, yeah. It's all in gate 40, Mercury. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. Yeah. All my, uh, everyone's going to be feeling what it feels like to be me with my 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it just might be really like this kind of nice chance for people to get a bit of aloneness you know yeah. it, might, it might not be as communal that's sometimes what I find when I'm on a retreat and there's a big activation in 40 is people just take themselves off and have a really personal kind of thing going on mm. anywho um Maybe good <laughs> so that's the personal planets that's you know we, when we talk about personal planets we talk about yes on earth but we also talk about the inner planets mercury mars venus what's going on in that then we can extend our um focus out a little bit into the outer planet. So Jupiter, as I mentioned earlier, is retrograde in gate two. It's been in that gate since the 28th of July. It stations retrograde on the 5th of September and will stay retrograde until the 12th of October. So that will mean that all of the outer planets are retrograde once Jupiter goes. And yeah, we're looking, we're still looking at much more of this uh, abundance and uh, growth in the gate two, the gate of receptivity, of yin, the direction of the self. It's where the monopole sits, you know, the magnetic monopole sits in gate two. It's the essence of our own personal direction. It's, you know, this attractive force that's holding the crystals of consciousness together and holding us on this trajectory in our life and inexorably drawing our trajectory, our geography, geometry towards us. It's all about where we are in space and time. And we're getting a lot of focus and attention from Jupiter on this this monopole on am I on the right trajectory am I effortlessly letting life come to me am I in the right place more more importantly than anything because if you're not in the right place you're not with the right people you're not having the right experience for you you're you've mentally taken yourself off somewhere and it all feels like resistance and it's slightly out of alignment so I think more than ever we've got this um this push on our I can't not I can't be there anymore. I can't be like, there's this feeling of I'm, I need to be here. I need to be in this place. And this is correct for me. I don't like it here. I feel uncomfortable in this environment. I feel like whatever it is, there's just a lot of, um, of focus and attention on, are we in the right place? Mm. Is this, is this right for me? Is this my individual personal right place? Wow. That sounds, mm. um, exciting and bumpy mm. and, mm -hmm. Mm. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're not in the right place, you might feel the pull to the right place. And it yeah. might feel like, I don't really understand why I feel like I need to go here, but I do. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also want to mention the, the lines of that gate. Cause, so Jupiter's part, this part of its retrograde is only going to touch the first three lines. And because it's retrograding, it's going to go backwards through them. So backwards, that would be patience, genius, and intuition. So the third line of gate two is patience. And this refers to the teacher that never stops being the student. And, you know, I think both of us can relate to this. Yep. It's like I am permanently in study of some description. I have never stopped learning. And so there is this constant um, with gate two, line three, this like I, beginner's mind. I never know. I, ne I never want to get stagnant. In, I never want to think I know anything. I, I, it's like this, I want to remain a student, a receptive to new information, receptive to information, knowledge, a new direction, whatever it is. It's this feeling of 
yeah, I just need to keep learning and, and showing up to life as a student rather than as someone who knows. I love that. And I definitely, I've had this bumpy ride with things. Um, I'm using that a lot to, today. Bumpy. Yeah. Very third line of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, with learning, you know, and as you were speaking, like I've been such a freaking sponge. Like I am absolutely mm-hmm. the lifetime, lifetime learner. But one of the things I've noticed recently is it's so much more for me at the moment, the, you know, like the being in life and letting life teach me like yeah. I'm learning from the everyday just mm-hmm. just living stuff you know everything's a lesson everything's a metaphor it's all about the external clues it's helping me understand what's going on internally and externally so I think it's important that I love what you said you know like always staying in this place of receptivity being able to um stay open to the lessons whether they're you're physically studying something or it's just the lessons that are turning up in your life every moment. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's an, you know, anyone who studies human design even a bit encounters the word fractal and, you know, this, this concept that anyone that we encounter must be on our fractal. And sometimes we don't really like the people that show up and we, we can be a bit like, they're not on my fractal though. And you're like, they are like, they're here. You, you magnetize this. They resonate. So, 100%. you know, that's why like one of my principles is like the external clues don't lie. Mm-hmm. Like it's, if it's there out, if it's out there, it's in here. It's in here. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the second line of gate two is the line of genius. And this is referring to the natural gift for unlearnable knowing. And this is, you know, kind of what we're hinting at here. It's relating to this felt sense or this individual understanding that you can't get from mental knowledge that is revealing itself to every cell of your body if you pay close attention. And we spoke about this early on about this way that we can know stuff, but we can't explain it. And it's that kind of vibe for the second line of genius in the gate two. Because we're, you know, we are receptive organisms. Every cell in our body has receptors on it. Our genetic code is receptive. We are in constant receptivity to life. And this is what this is pointing at. This isn't a mental idea. This is in the G center pointing at the sacral. This is a deeply embodied genetic thing. Uh, and then the first line of intuition is keynoted in the Ravi Ching as sensitivity to disharmony and atrophy. So what I experienced with that is just the sense when something's off you know it's not in alignment with the natural order it's feeling you get when someone's saying one thing and their whole energy field is communicating something else that's what the intuition in gate two is about which is different to the intuitive clarity you're getting in the spleen and in gate 57 particularly it's really this deep like "Mm, something doesn't ring quite true in this so that is where jupiter's going to go in its retrograde and then, of course, it'll go forward back through those. So those three themes of uh, deep inner receptivity, genius for knowing the unknowable, and an intuition of when something is off is, yeah, it's what we're getting. Amazing. And I love that we get an opportunity to be, you know, really practising how these things feel, like embodying mm-hmm. these things because they're also going to be, you know, the more we can practise listening to our subtle energy, our um, authority, the more we're going to be guided in alignment. So I love that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it just this whole thing fascinates me about what's right for one person is could be horrifically incorrect for another person and how there's no point in judging or deciding for anyone else because you don't know what the resonance is like. You can't know what's going on in their body. 
you know there are certain people that I can see on the surface are magnificent wonderful human beings and yet every cell in my body is like and it's not a judgment it's not like a, a mental judgment of oh there's something wrong with that person it's just like there's no resonance there for me this is not for me or this place or this whatever it's not for me yeah Exactly. And I don't need to make it. it bad. Exactly. You know, it's that whole, again, another principle I'm always banging on about, like there is no such thing as right, wrong, good or bad. Mm-mm. You know, the more we focus on what resonates and what doesn't, as you mm-hmm. said, like then we we stop wasting time trying to make someone right or wrong or whatever and we actually can be guided to where we need to be. I mean, it's kind of a sw- there's something sweet in it in a way. Like when I watch people who are very judgmental, you know, what they're actually doing, as far as I can tell, is they're just trying to find people like, I just want a team, I want a tribe, I want people like me, I want to, you know, there's this feeling of like, almost like a an inner loneliness that's like, they're not mine, they're not mine, they're, and it's all very mental, but it, actually what it's transmitting is just this sweet feeling of, I want, I want to feel resonant with people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think it comes from a very vulnerable place, but on the surface, it looks pretty obnoxious. Yeah. Well, I think so much of it, it, it comes down to, you know, one of the core human needs, which is connection. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. most of the global population is doing it unresourcefully. And we do that yeah. through judgment, criticism, gossip, like all of these unresourceful yeah, yeah, yeah. things. You know, I always notice um, when I watch, you know, family members, when we all come together, everyone starts complaining about something. Mm-hmm. And I'll often sit there with like, oh, my God, I don't know what to say. Or I catch myself doing yeah. it. Get involved, and I'm like, yeah. wow, we all just want to connect, you know, so mm-hmm. we have to yeah. choose to connect resourcefully mm-hmm. as opposed to unresourcefully because yeah. that's how we're conditioned to connect, unresourcefully. Mm-hmm. I once spent three months on a on a retreat, on a yoga retreat, where complaining was banned. <laughs> Nobody was allowed to complain. Complaining mind was not welcome. It was fascinating, mm. absolutely fascinating. How did, was it good? Did you enjoy the yeah. whole experience? Yeah. So, oh, it was amazing I, to live in yeah. a society where no one complains. The vibe was like, sweet. oh my god! And it's like one of the things. This has been really complaining has been a really big theme throughout my life. Not necessarily my own complaining, um, but that's played a part in it. Obviously, as within, so without. But it just fascinates me. And recently, I realized in the gym, oh my god, I complain. And I just said to uh, my PT, I'm like, Jazz, that's it. I'm done. I'm not complaining. Because I know it's just a fear response. Like I know mm-hmm. why I'm complaining. It's because I'm trying to control something that I can't control. You know, I'm, I'm afraid that I won't be able to do what's expected of me. Like I, I know why I'm complaining. It's just my fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said to her, that's it. I'm not complaining. And I just stopped complaining. And oh, my God, not only did I do so much more, I felt so much more satisfied Everything was was really so much better. It's amazing how I just, because I said to her at the time, like, I would never behave like this in my business. Um, and just having that little perspective shift has changed me being in the gym. But you know what else was so curious to me that I thought, oh, fuck, that's amazing. Jazz was so used to me complaining. The first session, she kept freaking out. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm really <laughs> fine. I'm just not complaining so that you know like if we just take that as a metaphor you know like when we stop complaining we have to be really conscious that everyone around us is going to freak out a little bit so we have to stay true we have to stay true on the not complaining piece Mm -hmm. like I'm going to choose to focus on the good stuff um and not 
especially because I have a motor connected to the throat. I have to be so careful what I say. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was a cool <laughs> little story. And from a kinesiology perspective and from a, you know, um, bloody hell, what's his name? Power versus force? David uh, Hawkins' David perspective. Hawkins, yeah. I mean, of course your performance was improved by stopping complaining. because you stopped the low vibe in the body and now you get stronger. Exactly. Like I was weakening my muscles just by yeah. complaining about it, you know, um, 100%. But, yeah, it's, it was such a simple That's so funny. little experiment and got epic results. And yeah. it was weird because that, that moment where I was like, oh, my God, I don't do – I would never behave like this in any other area of my life. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think since coming back from the Camino, that's changed epically. You know, like I noticed that everything is um, another level, especially the stuff that I was afraid of, like the gym or my mm-hmm. physical capability. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to the transits. Cool. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Little aside. Um, okay, rest of the retrogrades, quick summary, reminder of where everything else is. Saturn is retrograding gate 55 at the moment. It will go direct in November, early November, but it stays in 55 until January next year. That is making the channel of emoting for anyone who has gate 39 hanging in their body graph. So just an awareness of that might be a lot. I'm staring at the sky. (laughs) I'm like, oh. Uh, Yes, not just you and your family, I believe, with 39 hanging. (laughs) Um, So a reminder for 55, abundance is strictly a question of spirit. If you need an anchor to help you work through that emotive moodiness, that's the flavor of it. Uh, Uranus is stationing retrograding 23. I've already mentioned 23. On the 29th of August, gate 23, this individual expression of I know or I don't know. Um, and it's, it's funny, I did a presentation to my study group a couple of weeks ago, and I'd used the phrase I know on a slide about 10 times, which I hadn't even realized I was doing until it got pointed out back to me because it's not one of my voices you know I have the 16 the 62 the 31 but this 23 is not it's not usual for me to say I know it's much more usual for me to say I think or here are the facts whatever so yeah so that influence of I know I know I know I think because this is such a you know global activation uh what I know, what I notice from people who, especially people who have the whole channel, the 4323 channel, um, they, they do know. They, there is a knowing. It's an individual knowing that they're trying to communicate. But I just, I just want to highlight the word individual. It's an individual knowing. It's for you. It may not be for me. What you know might not be correct for me. It might not be something that I would buy into. And so when I hear a 4323 saying, it is this, like categorically, this is how it is, I'd be like, according to you, yeah. but I have my own knowing, right? I have my own inner compass. And so while I can, you know, it's fine, you know, share your knowing with me if you want, but don't expect me to act on it if it's not a knowing for me. Yeah. Um, I, I see it a lot, this, you know, when I put this, when I put this in the context of 2027 and all that, we're moving towards an era of hyper-individualism according to you know, the information of the background cross-changing from planning to sleeping phoenix. And I think genuine situations of outer authority where there is a genuine exchange where someone is asking for the outer authority of the other person, they're asking for the mental content of the other person to assist them in their journey. That's not that 
common, I think, in day-to-day life. And so it's quite a deeply ingrained habit, I think, for to express in the second person rather than the first person. It's actually like one of my pet hates uh, on Instagram, especially, which is where there's this, you need to this and you should that, and I want you to understand you, the second person, when what they're actually expressing is that I have known this for myself. Mm. And I'm like, can you not just present it in the first person? I have experienced this rather than now put push pointing your finger at me and making it about me because I don't know if it's true for me like you don't know for me I know for me and so <laughs> I've had this little pet like pet niggle in in terms of um how how we habitually express ourselves and it's not I'm, it's very habitual it's very deeply ingrained I spent you know I, I did my degree in advertising copywriting I was deeply, deeply conditioned in my education to write in the second person, to be telling the consumer what they should be thinking and feeling and buying. And it took me years to decondition myself to stop telling everyone what to do, especially as a projector, right? Going around, telling everyone what the way it is and what they should be doing. Into now, I mean, I, I sometimes have to edit what I'm saying on Instagram, you know, I'm writing habitually and I can feel, I, uh, then I read it and I'm like, oh, I've used the second person. I've made this about whoever's reading this rather than actually just expressing my truth. And so I feel like we're getting a lot more of that with the Uranus in 23 situation of a lot of second person expression, which is actually, I think, an incorrect expression of the tw- of the 23. I think it's just a habit we've all got into to be telling everyone else what they should be doing rather than just sharing our experience. And part of my my observation of the best coaching or the best human design it is when it's just a deeply personal sharing. Like this helped me. I experienced life like this. I just wanted to share that with you so that maybe you don't feel so alone or you don't feel like it's just you, you know? Because I don't know. It feels kind of feels kind of aggressive when people are getting a bit like you should this and you should that. I'm like, says who, you know? Yeah. I think it's a big shift too. Yeah, I think it's a lot of that shift from you know we've been conditioned to groupthink, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's also that you know, yeah. the cross of planning's had a big influence of that that tribal energy. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. I think it's a, also if you think about the way we are taught to market, that's exactly what mm-hmm. we're taught to do. You know. Um, and now what we know is the more in alignment we are, if we, we're marketing from a place of alignment, then our marketing is going to work a lot better. So I love that yeah. distinction. Yeah, I mean, it's been a personal process of deconditioning that voice and because and it, it's so ingrained in me, so habitual. It, it, I have to be really careful not to let it slip in. If I'm not consciously thinking, I will find myself writing in the second person mm. and expressing in the second person. So just to bring that up in terms of Uranus is retrograde in 23 and then Neptune still retrograde in 36 and Pluto uh, still in gate 60 also retrograde. I don't really have anything much to say about either of those because we've talked a lot about them although I've been re-reflecting on Neptune as an agent of misinformation and the agent of misinformation in the gate of crisis (laughs) It feels like yeah, that like, that's the noise, Emma. Yeah, like <laughs> huh. it feels a little bit like the whole AI thing that we're going into now. Huh. 
Who yeah. knows what's true and who knows if it's going to be terrible or wonderful or but fuck, oh, we're going to ride the yeah. roller coaster while working it out. Yeah, we've got a little bit longer on this roller coaster. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, misinformation of crisis. I'm not I mean I'm definitely not a climate denier like that is definitely happening. But but that's the that I think that's what we're, we're experiencing when when people are denying the crises and they're spreading misinformation about it that's one thing but also I think it goes the other way where we are being misinformed about certain perceived crises so just that whole shit show you know yeah. and Chiron minor point Chiron's still retrograde in 51 so that we're looking at a lot of at, at all the outer planets in retrograde in in September uh let's get on to the nodal shift because that's you know the best for last if you like mm-hmm. the big news is that the nodes are, are shifting um they move on quite soon 27 26 26 okay so this is this is going to go out before saturday right mm-hmm. so on the 26th of august uk time it will be 4 24 in the afternoon which is 3 24 universal time so you can all figure out for yourselves what time the nodes shift and there used to be this experiment i think they all used to do it in ibiza when they were studying with ra when there was a nodal shift they'd all go out into a public place and watch the nodes shift and see if they could notice the background frequency change. So if you're able to go into a public place on at this time on the 26th of August, that might be a fun game to play. <laughs> Can you spot the node shift? I don't know. I've tried it a couple of times and I haven't seen anything, but you never know. Uh, so the nodes move north node currently in gate three and south node in gate 50. We're moving from to north node in gate 42, as I mentioned earlier, the gate of growth and closure and change, uh, and the south node in gate 32. So that means, of course, that this channel of mutation that's been activated by the North Node and Pluto is going to deactivate. So the global sacral and root definitions will switch off and the pressure to mutate is relaxed somewhat. Um, It's going to be four and a bit months in this new situation until the 8th of January next year. Um, So I'll just give an overview and we've got, you know, months to talk about this, but South Node in Gate 32. Gate 32 is the gate of continuity or duration and has the keynote, the only thing that endures is change. So that is the theme for the next two months. And it's likely that whatever changes have been initiated by this mutation continue to play out through this gate of continuity. It's, it's tribal circuitry, it's ego circuit. Anyone with gate 54, the gate of ambition hanging, obviously this is going to activate the channel of transformation for you. Um, 32 is quite conservative, or it can be, certainly. And it, it can be a little bit uncertain about the change that's coming. You know, it's a bit like, this is still working. Why would we let go of this? And yet the keynote ultimately is the only thing that endures is change. And so it's, it's having the wisdom through your own strategy and authority to figure out which change is actually correct for you. And you'll, that's an instinct. You know, that this is part of the smell, the, the, the sense of it is smell and it's the instinctual stream. So tapping into that instinct to see if you can figure out if the, this is actually a change that needs to be made or whether this is actually something that can continue or there is that has more duration. And then so that's usually we look at, so say, a four month nodal activation. I, we usually say the first two months we're looking at the south node. And then the second two months, we're looking at the North Node because it's usually a trajectory. So from November onward, the focus will switch more to the North Node, Gate 42. And this is the gate of growth or increase. Expansion of resources maximizes the development of full potential in the I Ching. And that's about, really, it's about closing off a cycle or not. You know, there's always the or not. 
are we closing the cycle or not? Are we done with this process or not? Have I learned what I need to learn through this or not? Do I need to go back in again? So there's, it's all part of this, you know, abstract, cyclical, balanced development. Um, it's an emotional pathway for the most part. And because, you know, if you look at the abstract circuit as a whole, it doesn't touch the spleen. And so there is this kind of open spleen aspect to the abstract process, which is fear-based. So the, there's an emotional process going on, this cyclical process going on, and yet the spleen's not defined in that circuit, so it can be a bit like, and I'm terrified of what's happening. So, yeah, there's, we'll explore these, these in more detail over the coming months. But to summarize, we're shifting from a background focus, which is centered, centered on individual mutation anchored in tribal values, which is what we've been getting through the 340, uh, 3 and the 50, into uh, who is going to bring change. More importantly, is that change centered around what we actually care about? And in a, in a sense of like tribal conservatism, where perhaps we're starting to realize that these radical individual voices that we've been bombarded with for however long they might actually be a bit too radical for the real needs of our society right now and what we actually need to learn is our lessons from the past and make sense of where we're at before we start something new which is i think the theme that these two nodal gates are bringing in it's like it's all been a bit extreme and a bit individual and a bit wow but actually what about the tribe what about the collective what about where we're at in our cycle and I would also say that this is an absolutely necessary step because where are the nodes going after that? Dream team of 51 and 57 from January onward. So we're going to get a bit of a wake-up call, I think, with, um, with that activation. So the next four months is all about sort of stabilizing and consolidating and, you know, really working out where we are in our cycle and whether we're done with something or not. Yeah, letting go of what's no longer serving us and focusing oh, and on and potentially re-engaging with whatever it is. You know, you might think you're done with a job, but maybe you're not. Maybe there's still something to learn. And in all of these cases, strategy and authority all the way, these these are strong influences on us. And we have to lean into, you know, in, in, the, in the case of a sacral being, actually, does my sacral engage? Is there still energy here or not? In my case, is anyone inviting me? Do I feel recognized? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a, it's um, it feels like it's been a little bit, you know, the the slap round the face with the wet fish has happened in the last month or two, and now it's about consolidating how we feel about who slapped us, yeah, and whether we can wipe the slime off our faces. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hilarious. Now I have this picture of myself <laughs> wiping ship the fish, fish slime. Guns. Yeah, fish, fish slime. <laughs> That's what we call it in our um, in my meditation community. When you you know it's the official name for it in Tibetan Buddhism is the Vajra Thunderbolt, where the teacher wakes you up. Yeah, and we call it the slap with the wet fish, where you're like, oh. <laughs> so we're 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 post slap now, but we are in cleanup mode and consolidation mode. I love that. So it's some time for us to be. I just got that that picture of you know like licking our wounds, but I don't think it's so much that it's it's like yeah a bit of that and then a mm-hmm. bit of okay, like you said I love consolidation. So to me it's like I'm throwing out old clothes, I'm making space in my wardrobe, um, I'm yeah letting go of those things that I don't need anymore and just focusing on yeah. what is what what does still have meaning and is still important to be pursuing. 
Yeah, the tarot. I've got like a tarot card image coming up. I think it's that that bit in the swords when the four of swords, five of swords, six of swords. It's kind of, it feels like that kind of process for those who follow the, who are into the tarot. This process of the worst has happened, <laughs> and now how do we heal? Where do we go? What are we taking with us? It's that kind of feeling. Brilliant. Bring it on, I say. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah, I, I feel it, it feels. It doesn't feel too wobbly. It just feels a bit more grounded, actually, because these, you know, this is more kind of down in the root in the sacral. And yeah, brilliant. That's all I have for you this month. Oh my goodness! Well, it was it was bloody brilliant as always. So much to go on, and I'm so looking forward to the whole nodal shift thing. Freaking signed mm-hmm. me up for that. <laughs> um, Jenny, thank you so much. You're so freaking awesome. Emma, thank you so much. Transit team, thank you so much. (laughs) And for anyone who might like to snap up one of those last two places on the Mastermind, follow the link in the show notes. That's to be in Jenny's group, which will be amazing. It's lovely to be able to provide an incredible projector leader for the other groups so that we've got a bit more diversity in our teaching team, which I think is fucking brilliant. Thanks, everyone, for being here. We love doing this for you guys. So thank you all for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us know how much you enjoy it. And, um, yeah, we love to be able to give this and bring this to you every month. So thank you. I trust you got what you needed from today's episode. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.